It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Football Party, only on Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the Atlanta football party. I am Tanitra Batiste, your host, alongside me are Jarvis Davis and Brent Rollins. This is your home for the best Georgia Bulldogs football talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere but right here at Locked On. This episode of the Atlanta football party is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com/slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to. daily fantasy sports made easy. And it is time to get the party started. And on some level, it's always easy, right, to get a party started for the dogs because they're still number one. They escaped. I call it escape, Brent, but we'll see what you call it. It was a 37-20 to 20 win against Vanderbilt Saturday. It was a slow start, definitely, for the dogs. But they woke up in sort of what we call that middle eight, what Kirby Smart likes to call the middle eight. 17 of those 37 points came at the end of the first half, beginning of the second half. So, Brent, as we always start off, we start talking about what we learned. Dog 7.0, week seven. What did you learn, first of all, on offense in the win? Three sort of big picture things. One, first and foremost, Vanderbilt's turf stinks. Like, legit stinks. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. horrible. It was, And it wasn't just Georgia's players slipping and falling all over the place. Their own players. It was ridiculous. But anyway, yes. that's uh, outside of that, the actual game part. Turnovers are obviously bad, and Brock Bowers is obviously important. Like, like those two – things if you turn the football over it leads to points oftentimes for the other team uh and the obviously the injury of Brock Bowers and what it's going to sort of mean and moving forward and all all the big picture thoughts of it and we're going to have a lot but yeah that that's it because you that's the games like that that you know at some point you're going your talent will win you want to escape injury free yep and you didn't How about you, Jarvis, when you look at that offensive performance or just kind of like Brent said, we'll do a little bit of deep dive and we'll go between the hedges. But what were your takeaways on offense? I think given what given all of the injuries, I like how they were able to close out the end, close out the game running the football because it was very clear and obvious. Like Brent mentioned, talking about getting out of there with it. any more injuries because, you know, yeah. obviously they sustained so many injuries with Xavier Trust and then obviously Brock Bowers and then Kendall Milton didn't play in the second, second half. So when you mm-hmm. have all those injuries, you're saying, okay, uh, Mike, um, <laughs> um, I need you to run the football. Yeah. <laughs> and we need to we need to limit them possessions so we can get up out of here because, like yeah. you said, when you talk about 
like with the, with the turf situation and all the construction, and it was just just an awful situation for the dogs to go up there and have to play in, to play in that stadium and for them to come out with so many injuries. But I, I do like, though, the one positive I feel like is the way Dejan Ed was able to run the ball and specifically to the right side where Xavier Trust wasn't there anymore. You know, you had a freshman, you dropped that freshman in there, and it seems like, hey, you know, at least he knows he knows how to get off the ball and, and put his hands on somebody. So I, I think that, you know, given the situation, I like how they were able to close out that game, shrink, the, shrink that game down, and, and, and run the football and, to close it out. And for me, what I liked on offense is the fact that they got out of there and they've got two weeks to, <laughs> to kind of reset and refresh and decide what the rest of the season is going to look like. Because for the most part, at least as far as we can tell for the regular season, you're going to have to do it without your big guy, Brock Bauer. So I just like the fact that, hey, they've got two weeks, number one, to let all their bodies kind of reset and also Kirby and his staff to kind of figure out this thing. But like you said, it looks like um, they did kind of figure out some things, not that they didn't already know, but again, Good to know that you have a Dijon Edwards to be able to kind of lift you up uh, from the ground game perspective. But we'll talk more about some other aspects of what this means to the dog's office. Now, let's switch gears and talk about that defense. You know, I thought this was the funniest tweet that I saw um, as I was watching the game. Well, I guess uh, the dogs won't be able to have a shutout today. And I just chuckled. Right. And I said, yeah, no. But it's interesting because, I mean, Vanderbilt scored on them last year. Vanderbilt scored on them again this year. But for the most part, the defense was looking pretty solid, but there were just, you know, moments in time as just about any defense can have or any player. So wanted to know from you guys as well, Jarvis, kind of what did you walk away from? And I know specifically there were some players that you were saying, hey, I want to take a look at them. I want them to be my step up guys. Did you see that on Saturday from the players that you were taking a look at? Um, Not initially, um, okay. but I think like, as the game went along, like it's like it seemed like. You know, both sides of the football got to get like a little warm up session going on. Yes. Like, all right, let's see how they're going to play this today, and then okay, let's finally figure it out. You know, like right. uh, the middle part of the game, we'll we'll dominate it and go ahead and close this bad boy out. But yeah, I think the the main thing to me was in that first or what the fifth play of the game. You know, they throw the ball what forty nine yards, and the guy takes it in, t- takes it to the house. It was obviously it was a miscommunication between uh, Tyke Smith. Yeah, because I remember you're saying you wanted yeah. to we wanted to see what Tyke Smith was going to do in this game. Yeah, and I think that, you know, he he didn't hear me in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but he did get an interception, you know, right before the half. So, you know, they were able to capitalize off of it. So I, I think that, you know, that low period for the, for the dogs is something that I feel like they have to get, you know, get figured out. And it seems like if a team comes in ranked, you know, yeah, they'll, they'll figure it out from, from the jump. And, and thankfully, all the SEC games they got left as of right now, those teams are still ranked, so I, yeah. I think that you know that's that's encouraging that hey, we'll they'll be ready to roll. But I, I think just Taki Smith able to get that interception, you know, you were starting to put a little pressure on the quarterback in the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that you know overall, I'm cool with it. But it just it's just that that first drive, you know, that first drive was just like, oh my gosh, like here we go. And and, and but like I said, they're always able to figure it out. But I think that. You know, Taki Smith did, you know, they answered the call eventually. <laughs> How about you, Brett? Two big, well, two big long drives, like the first drive of the game, 75 yards, the first drive of the second half of Vanderbilt, 75 yards. In terms of learning anything, I don't really know that I learned anything. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing for me is, and what you have to find over the next two weeks, is where are you going to get pressure on the quarterback? Because there are certain 
personnel groupings that they play defensively that literally aren't going to pressure the quarterback. And I think teams are going to see those groups on the field. And guess what? The QBs that you're about to face, which is going to be way better than you faced at any point this season, they're going to be like, okay, I'm dropping back and throwing here because of I know that I'm going to have time to throw the football against this. They, they like that's the thing over the next two weeks for me. Not so much about the game against Vanderbilt, but where's the pressure going to come from consistently? Because most everyone has pressured Vanderbilt except Georgia, really, for that matter, in terms of overall, in terms of numbers and consistent basis. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because, like you said, you have that that backside of that of this schedule, and I mean, you knew it was going to get tougher all along, but as you're not seeing that pressure, it all it concerns you all the more because, yeah, you're running into some buzz saws, if you will. Now, listen, guys, you know what we always do. You know how we always wrap up this first segment about what we learned or like Brent said, not necessarily what we learned, but kind of what we saw and what we want to see. Now, going into this bye week, you now have a nice seven weeks of kind of uh, them establishing themselves, so to speak. So, Brent, last week you said that your word for the dog's identity as of last week was time. So this week, what's your word? What was the character of this team for you? Refresh. Refresh. Because you're going to need it. Yes. You're going to like you got to find some juice because this is this is likely upcoming the toughest mm-hmm. five game stretch they've had in a long time. And yes, I'm including Georgia Tech in that. It's a rivalry game. It's on the road. Mm-hmm. So like this this five game stretch and who they're about to play, it, it hasn't been any tougher outside of SEC championship and playoff games over the previous two seasons for me. Indeed, indeed. And Jarvis, last week when we talked about what that identity was for you for the dogs, you said self-awareness. How are you feeling on it this week? I'm going to go with self-awareness uh, again. Because like I said, you're going into the bye week. They need to understand that they got some guys coming back, you know, as far as Amarius Mims. Hopefully he'll be back by that time, you know, so you can start to get that offensive line in, in sync. Because, like you said, you're going to need it after in the second half of this season um, going down the stretch because the SEC schedule is pretty doggone strong. And like you said, Georgia Tech, I mean, I know that, you know, it's been They're Georgia competent Tech. now. They're, yeah, like, yeah they're competent. Yes, they're competent. Yes, they're actually, that is the perfect word. They're competent right now. So don't come in there half slipping because – they will, they will surprise you. Brick Key got those guys believing, and I think that, you know, it's gonna, they're going to have to be self-aware uh, going forward. Indeed. Like you guys said, coming back off the bye, you've got Florida, number 20, Missouri, number 13, Ole Miss, number 17, Tennessee, wrapping up the season with Georgia Tech. So, yeah, they've got something ahead of them. We'll talk about that on the other side between the hedges. But before we talk about that, Jarvis is going to tell you guys a little bit about how you can take advantage of LinkedIn. Listen up, guys. Jarvis Davis here for LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. Remember that website. I'm coming back to it. Guess what, guys? One of the things that you have to make sure that you do is, as a small business owner, is you want to find, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs help to find the right people for your team faster and for free. And that's the big thing, people. Free. It's free. You're going to get the best candidate for free. So all you got to do is just make sure you go to linkedin.com slash lock slash locked on college and add your job and purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview 
and hire. And LinkedIn Jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Yes, I'm talking about faster and free. Those are two F words that you have to love. I'm telling you. So go to LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now, guys, going between the hedges this week is probably the toughest one so far. But like we said, the bye week couldn't come at a better time because the number one team in the nation, yes, they escaped Vanderbilt with a win Saturday, but of course not without a loss. That being Brock Bowers suffered an injury in that game, required him to undergo tightrope surgery. The school announced just yesterday. Of course, so far this season, 41 catches, 467 yards, four touchdowns, and just a force to be reckoned with that the dogs are going to miss for four to six weeks. So, you know, Brent, when you look at it, especially with him being Carson Beck's kind of number one favorite target, how is this going to affect him, especially as we've seen him ascend and grow along with Brock Bowers these first seven weeks of this season? Honestly, I don't think it's going to affect him or their offense much from how it looks. Here's That's the key, the how it looks part. Yeah. I, the only thing I think you're going to see missing from this offense is the quick touches that you got Bowers, the quick yeah. RPOs, the quick screens. Like those are going to go to other people now. Those are going to go to Ladd. Those are going to go to Dominic Lovett, things mm-hmm. like that. But in terms of how their offense looks, they've already shifted from a tr- majority 12 personnel to a mainly 11 personnel team, yep. less tight ends. Like I just now Delp plays the Bowers role. Mm-hmm. I, I still think, and like even looked at, I looked at specifically up at third downs. In terms of target distribution on third down, love it with eight. Ra-Ra with six. Brock with six. Rosemary Jackson ain't six. Lad six. Like their target distribution for third down is even relatively deal. The key is that you just don't have the game-changing ability of yeah. Bowers and the after-the-catch ability. But in terms of how their offense is going to look and what they kind of do, I don't think it's going to look a whole lot different. I think that's a great point, Brent, because, you know, Jarvis, as we have started out, when we think about week one or week two of this season, we've seen that progression of the dogs going to both Lovett and uh, Thomas in those critical moments. And like you said, Oscar Delp is at least competent. He's not going to obviously give you what Brock Bowers gave you, but you saw that evolution and kind of opening up this offense that makes you confident that there's at least the ability to pick up where they have to, you know, leave off without Brock Bowers. Yeah, it, it's like I think the biggest part of it is just uh, from an emotional standpoint because that's your guy. Like that's what you you centered your offense around. So and he's just uh, uh, should have been a Heisman candidate in my opinion. Like it, I feel like if he had finished his season out, you would have been. He was should have yeah. at least gotten the invite to New York because there's no doubt in my mind watching him. You know, for these these first seven games, it's just like you. How can you not say this is one of the best, if not the best, college pl- um, football player in football? So, for me, I'm interested to see it, and from Carson Beck's standpoint, because like that's a safety net, right? I think we all can agree that Brock Bowers is a safety net in this offense. But I am interested to see what his rela- relationships with rapport is 
with Dominique Lovett, with, you know, Rosemary Jack Saint, with Ra Ra Thomas and all those guys and, and, and going forward. And then we're starting to see Lad McConkey getting a little bit more healthy. And we know what he was capable of doing when healthy last year when they won a national championship. So, uh, championship. so the weapons are there. Like, you just don't have Brock Bowers anymore. And, I, and I'm interested to see, now that you don't have Brock Bowers, I think defensive coordinators are going to have a little bit more of a, a more difficult job now to try to – because who are you going to key in on? Because, like, we know the capabilities of all those guys I just mentioned. I think mm-hmm. right now you're just looking at it from a standpoint of, okay, I think this uh, this Florida game, a lot of people are going to be paying attention to the, to the, to that game because it's – like, especially their, their upcoming opponents – because they're going to figure out, like, okay, what is Georgia going to do? And I think that them being able to spread the ball around or having to spread the ball around a little bit more now is going to put Carson Beck in a very interesting situation, and I'm really interested to see how it plays out. Yeah, and, you know, Brent, I was thinking, like, who would actually be that guy who steps up? I don't know that there's necessarily guys, especially in, like, the pass catcher core, because I'll include the wide receivers and the tight ends because the ball has been distributed so evenly. But going back to something that Jarvis said earlier about the run game and what we've seen out of Dejon Edwards, obviously Kendall Milton is injured again, but you know, Brent, do you expect there to be, and when I say an uptick, I mean like a natural uptick in that run game that is part due to Brock Bowers, but also part due to kind of how this, this offense continues to improve or, or has continued to evolve to this point in the season. I don't know, actually. That's I think that's the great question because one of the things that gets least talked about with Bowers is his ability to block. Yes. He is an elite blocker for his position. And so now within the run game and some of the things they do in the run game, that's now a loss and lucky job combination of lucky and and dealt. I still think they're a throwing team. I still think that's what they're going to be. And what I think in just in terms of target distribution, you're going to see everybody everybody get one more each week, one or two more each week. Love it, like you saw it in the game. Love it got the targets in the second half. He yes. had the most receptions he's had uh, since he's been there. So like it, it's just going to be hey, everybody else kind of lift your boat, lift up a little bit here and and and, and rise up if you want to go sort of a, as an Atlanta local Atlanta phrase. <laughs> so Brent, let me ask you this before we wrap up the segment. If there's a guy that you want to see on that other side of the buy to say, hey, you know, I saw you coming, but I really need you to, like you said, rise up in that second half after the bye week, who would that guy be for you? It's a combination of Lad and Lovett. Okay. Like the two L's because yeah. and, and Lovett, it's mainly because of how they used they've used him. Like the down the field ball that he caught at the end of the first half, mm-hmm. like that's he hasn't really gotten many down the field targets. Yeah. His average at the target this year is like a third of what it was in Missouri. So, you know, it, it's that's him and the down the field work with him. That's going to be the thing that I want to see step up. How about you, Jarvis? Oh, it has to be Rod Rod Thomas because I think there's that dude has some, he, he has a, a special skill set. I, I think that, you know, if, if they are able to find him more, more so in a, in a target him more, in, more so in the red zone, I think he's good. He can be a weapon for this team. So I, I think that, you know, Rod Rod Thomas is a guy that, that definitely needs to, to step up uh, going forward. Yeah, and I would just have to co-sign on all three of those because I'll have my eyes on them the same to see if they step up and, and become even more of that guy on the second half. But we'll talk a little bit more about what's next for Georgia on the other side. Before that, Jarvis is going to tell us a little bit about prize picks and how you can maybe have some more conversation with him through subtext. What's going on, good people? Appreciate that, T. Jarvis Davis here for Locked On College 
Prize Picks. Yes, that's the website, but it's backwards. PrizePicks.com slash locked on college. PrizePicks.com slash locked on college. This episode of the Atlanta Football Party is brought to you by Prize Picks. Here we go, guys. Prize Picks is the most fun I've been had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stacks, and price your entry. That's all you got to do. I've always liked to test my skills because guess what? This football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. I'm telling you, they also offer weekly promotion that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prospect discount select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So guess what, guys? Now that you're convinced, now that you understand that you can get to this money, Go to prizepick.com slash locked on college. Prizepicks.com slash locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. All you got to do is drop in the code locked on college. Well, we might have some conversation in a minute about getting to the money. But first, next up, picking up where we left off, Jarvis, and we thank our guy again, Brent Rollins, for stopping by. One of the things that'll be intriguing about this whole Brock Bowers injury situation is actually how long it keeps him out of commission. We already talked about the gauntlet of a schedule that the dogs have on the back end, right? Uh, right. That bye week, but we're hearing anything from four to six weeks. You as a former athlete know all too well that it's kind of tough to tell because everybody's body kind of reacts differently to surgery, but let's take it on both ends. Four weeks, six weeks, you know he's absolutely a warrior. Where do you kind of think he might land in his potential return to this team? Being that more than likely, they're going to be as safe as possible yes. because I believe wholeheartedly Kirby Smart cares about the player more so than you know what he can do for him um, mm -hmm. this year and trying to pursue another SEC championship and then trying to go on to win a third straight national title. Yeah. Um, I, I People may look at me crazy when I say that, but I wholeheartedly believe that because – you know, when you have the capability or the potential to be a top five pick in the NFL draft, I'm going to skew towards that six-week range because, yeah, probably he could do the whole four-week thing, but it just doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I use uh, a, a value there for a reason. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. It does. <laughs> that's not going to make you any money trying mm -hmm. to come back and play hurt, like regardless of, of the end result when you come back. So I think that overall, I would probably skew towards that whole, that six week mark. Yeah. And that essentially puts you towards the end out, out for the regular season. Yeah. And this offense has actually done quite fine this season, having holes on both uh, in both of the receiver room, as well as in the ground game. So I feel like, and don't get me wrong. We all know that Brock Bowers is otherworldly, but if the mm -hmm. point is how to your point, how are they going to be able to get through this gauntlet of a schedule when you're talking about Florida, when you're talking about Ole Miss, when you're talking about Tennessee, Missouri, et cetera, and Georgia Tech? Um, we, I think we all agree that they should be, from the offensive side, they have the weapons. So they should right. be able to accommodate for that. The ground game is continuing to uptick. I think you make the better point earlier about this defense and being able to see more, especially if they're going to go up against the kind of quarterbacks they'll face, a, if they can get the pressure up front, and B, if the secondary can show and prove not just one guy, but the entire secondary, yeah. right? So, yeah, I think that's where it might land as far as not so much what we think, 
uh, we're going to see out of the offense. But, hey, can the defense plug in some holes to make sure that the offense isn't carrying this team on its back completely in the wake of its best player going down? Now, here's the other thing. We talked about four to six weeks. We talked about whether or not Kirby Smart would err on the side of safety. I agree with you. He'll err on the side of caution, which would be six weeks, which takes you kind of right there up to uh, the championship game, right? Right. So let's just say all sorts of scenarios can play out. They could get to the championship game. They could win it. They could lose it. They could get to the playoff. They could get to the CFP championship. But Jarvis, people have been saying this is a top five if not a top three candidate for the NFL draft come 2024. And this is a guy who, as long as he keeps that body as right as it has been for as long as we've seen him be just, you know, like an Iron Man, for lack of a better term, he might be like some players we've seen in the not so distant past who are like, you know what, I'm good. Let me just sit this one out because I got to make sure that I don't impact my draft stock or put myself in a position where I could get further injured or re-injure that ankle. Because you know, those high ankle sprains, they are tricky. So Jarvis, any scenario where we don't see him suit up in a UGA uniform ever again? Just saying. I will put some money on that he we won't see him again. But here's the thing. There is a, a wise man that, that came up with a song. And the lyrics kind of go like this. I'm not going to sing them because I might get in trouble from a copyright standpoint. I want to do, you know, do all that. <laughs> Must be the money that's turning me on. Must be the money. Must be the money. I that's totally thought you were going to go and go and get the money, but okay. Everybody go get the money, but okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, that's my, that would be my mo- motivational speech. As I, if I were to have a conversation with Brock, go get that bread, dog. Like you, you, you got, you got, you got two natties and Georgia will figure it out. They got so many four or five stars, leading receivers that trap that had transferred into the, to their program. They got all these big boy recruits at running back and offensive line. So yeah, they'll be okay. Yes. So yeah, if Brock is sitting to himself saying, you know what, man, I want to go with my teammates. Not, nah, man, here we go. What do you, what, what would you rather do? Here's how I would present it to Brock. Mm-hmm. Six weeks to get right or six months to get yep. right. There it is. Six months from now, what, what are we looking at, T? April? Yep. <laughs> Let's do that. Hey, Jarvis, you know your math saying? is on point today, boy. Your math is six on weeks one. Six months. Go get that money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, I, I agree with you because you just never know. You just never know what could happen. I mean, how many players have we seen? And Lab McConkey, no, dare we say Kendall Milton is probably your best example of a guy who, no matter how hard he hard he tries, Jarvis, he tr- he keeps trying to get back. And we know yeah. what a special talent he is as well. And unfortunately, right. that body just can't get right. So mm-hmm. you do look at situations like that, and you say to yourself, "That could be me. That could be me." You know, and so I think about um, and one who kind of comes to mind and I know this is a little bit of a a different situation because he is not necessarily on the level or was not necessarily on the level of a Brock Bowers. But, you know, being um, that he was right in my backyard, uh, LSU, Kayshawn Boutte said, no, thank you. No, thank you. And 
people always, and he's the most recent one. This trend has been actually there for about four or five years or so. But just thinking about him, he made a business decision. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, unless she wasn't playing for a national championship, that could tug at the heartstrings a little bit differently. Um, you know, wanting to be a part of and being an integral part of a potential three-peat. Totally get it if he comes back, but totally get it if, if he chooses not to. Yeah. And Michael Parsons is another example. Yes. Yeah. He set out that COVID year. Yep. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm good. Now he got drafted a little bit lower than and didn't expect it. And then right. he probably would he should have. You know, should mm-hmm. have been going Let's know another conversation. Yeah, but, concur. Uh, concur. That, that contract is gonna look exactly the That's same as it was too. if he got drafted. Amazingly, he's still yeah, gonna get the money. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he'll be totally fine. So yes. Brock, you'll be fine, sir. I promise yes. you. <laughs> yes, you will. Yes, you will. And yeah, I mean the and the good thing about it is, yes. A three-peat would absolutely be historic. But if you decided to walk away, nobody can ever take away the two you have. And that's the beauty of it for him to know that he was an integral part of those two championship runs. I think it's still a good look. Now, speaking of championship runs, Georgia Georgia is pursuing a historic three-peat. How much does not having Brock Bowers potentially for that backside of the run in the regular season and even um, in the championship game and if they get to the CFP, how much does this impact their chances of getting back to the title game, especially because we know they still have some Eastern teams to play who are ranked this time around? Or do you think this is more about affecting the, their ability to get back into the college football playoff? I, to be honest with you, I, I really feel like they have enough experience. They have enough guys who yes. are playmakers, who have been deemed playmakers. Like you said, mm-hmm. talking about the transfers coming in, those guys yes. were leading receivers and Dominique Lovett and Ra Ra Thomas. Yeah. Those guys understand you know, how, what what needs to be done and be able to make plays. It's just all on Carson Beck to get them to rock. And I think yeah. that he's put that on display. You know, mm-hmm. with three consecutive games that he had over 300 yards. 300 yards, yeah. So, yep. so I think, I don't think this is going to affect, it's a big blow. Don't get yeah, me wrong, sure. but I don't think it's going to be a, affect them getting to the college football playoff. Meaning, yeah. whoever they face in the SEC uh, uh, that comes out of the comes out of the West, mm-hmm. I feel like they still have a good opportunity of beating them just by yeah. looking at the landscape, right? So, right. and we know the SEC championship uh, winner is basically automatic bid to get into the college football exactly. playoff. So, I don't think this is going to have that much effect at all. I'd have to agree with you. I think that as long as they can get out of the regular season, and I'm kind of putting the best case scenario on the regular season, get out of the regular season undefeated, get to the SEC championship. And even if they lose, as long as they don't get blown the heck out, I could still see them getting making their way into that college football playoff and still making some noise, if not getting to the actual championship. So you're absolutely right. They got the tools on both sides of the ball to be able to do it. So we'll be watching, guys. Of course, we appreciate you guys stopping by and watching us here on the Atlanta Football Party, your home for the best George Bulldogs football talk. And we're also your home for the Braves Party on Wednesday. And yes, we still have a little bit more Braves Party left in us because we've got some postpartum to do with our guys tomorrow as we head into the Braves offseason. So for Jarvis Davis, for our guy Brent Rollins, I am Tanitra Batiste. And make sure you stop by the Atlanta Baseball Party tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.